0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Angels, we all have them. They're our unseen guides, our companions, our teachers, and they're all around us. Sometimes, they make themselves known in the most miraculous ways. Join angel communicator, Reiki master, and QHHT hypnotherapist Christy Clemens Hoffman for stories from real people who have experienced real-life angel encounters. Welcome back to Real Life
1: Angel Encounters. This episode, I am so excited to bring in David Ditchfield from the UK. Now, David has been on the Radiate Wellness podcast, which is my flagship podcast, to talk about his work with the book Shine On and his work with writing symphonies and discovering a knack for painting after his near-death experience and visit with the angelic realm. Fascinating stuff. So glad to have you here, David. Thank you for joining me.
2: That's oh, great to be back. It's really good to chat again with you.
1: Yeah, It's nice to see you. Um, so, yeah, you had this incredible near-death experience that um, I think many people around the world have heard of, actually. Yeah. Can you tell us what happened?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, it, it all happened um, following a a pretty horrific accident it was a rail accident so it was a freak accident where my had got trapped in the closing doors of a departing train as I was saying farewell to someone I was giving her a hug and a kiss and suddenly there I was trapped in the doors and uh, it's odd because um unlike say you know, s- certain scenarios where it happens in a split second, I'd literally got time to think it through. I got 13 and a half seconds to contemplate whether I was gonna so, live or die, you know, which is incredibly frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I can't and, um,
1: imagine.
2: It is, and, and those 13 and a half seconds, I say that because the rail police in the UK did a big inquiry on it and they said that's how long it took from the moment the train pulled out and myself going underneath. Um so yeah, I, I as I say, I, I got dragged along the platform and I, I lost my footing. And before I knew where I was, I was pulled down into the depths of hell, you know, right underneath the train. I was just tossed around relentlessly. Uh it felt like you know, like me against this this huge machine, this huge mechanical beast. And I was I went into fight or flight mode, so I was determined to survive. So I just relaxed my body. That's the only thing I could think of at that point was just to calm myself and relax myself. And looking back at it now, I know that my angels, my guides were with me very firmly at that point and helping me to to relax and to calm myself. Because in such an adverse and terrifying moment, I was quite calm. Um, and that saves me physically. Um, well, more than that, there was something greater at force that day that, that saved me from inevitable death, you know. Well, you know, um, I
1: remember in your book, um, the, the person that you were saying goodbye to saw what happened and got everyone in the car to pray too.
2: That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she figured that uh, she saw me go under. She, she ran through the train and figured there's no way I'd survived. And so the train eventually stopped in the middle of the countryside and uh, so she turned around and said to the carriage, oh, my friend has just gone under. It's my friend who's who's just died. Could we say a prayer? And uh, then a, a lovely lady, she said, stepped forward and said, I'm a Christian. Um, would you like me to take the prayers? And she said, yeah. And my friend told me it was just an, an incredible moment that because they're were, they were all commuters on that train and they just laid down their newspapers and laptops and everybody prayed. And I felt the energy of those prayers coming to me as I laid on the track, you know, I felt that, that, that something was like really lifting me to keep me going, you know, because, you know, I was still in danger. I was losing a lot of blood. Uh, my left arm had been severed from the elbow down, so there was a lot of blood loss. And uh, yeah, but um, eventually, they, you know, the, the guys, they arrived really quick, the emergency team, and they jumped down on the track and somehow got me in, in, into an ambulance and into hospital. I remember arriving you know, in, in the uh, emergency department and um, seeing this team of medics all waiting for me and they were working very fast and very hard and I knew it wasn't all over yet because I could hear fear in their voices and I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. And my family arrived, they came in to see me, they got there all at that moment. So time seemed really odd because I thought... How come my family are here? How did that happen? Because they had to travel uh, a, a twenty-five minute drive from where they were living, you know, and they were all there. Um, and it was pretty much at that point, actually, as my, I was surrounded by my, well, my family and my friend Anna, who I'd been seeing off, that I, I left my body. I left all the drama of the of the hospital and the immense pain that I was in and the fear of dying. And suddenly, I figured I was dead I figured that I was in because I'd gone into another realm I'd gone into into what appeared to be a very darkened space but it was a very friendly darkness you know it was a very comforting darkness and and I did figure that that I hadn't made it I thought well this is this is it this is this is it I didn't pull through I didn't resist it I didn't try to to say "I, I know that I've since read and found out that a lot of people do try to resist it when they are faced with their NDE because I've got young families to, to live for and stuff um but it's not like I wanted to die but it was it was just such a lovely relief from what i would just been through so um yeah I, I, I first of all what I noticed were the pulsating lights all around me that were like slowly glowing and making me feel calm and relaxed and as I lay back I realised I was no longer on a hospital trolley but I was on a huge slate rock it was like this very big rock but it felt remarkably comfortable to lie on which in this realm on the earth it would be very uncomfortable Um, but that was fine and I felt good and um, I just looked and I noticed that I was no longer clothed but I was covered in a, a blue sort of satin sheet which was very comforting it kept me comforted so I laid back my head and as I did, as I laid back my head, I suddenly looked up and there were like this, there were three grids of light, uh, symmetrical grids of light slowly coming in towards me over my head. And I couldn't take my gaze away from that light because the light was just so intense and pure. And it was, it was not like the kind of light you, you would see here in, on earth. It's, it, was, it was just pure white, very bright, but, but easy to look straight at. And I felt this light was also um, healing me. It was sending healing energy through to to my body and healing the trauma that I'd just been through. Um, So I kind of bathed in this light, if you like. and, And then eventually I felt the presence of somebody close. And that's when my first angel arrived. That was when I looked at my feet and I saw... Uh, an androgynous being glowing from within with this beautiful white blonde hair and, uh, an expression of a beautiful smile that made me feel safe and very comforted. Um, and this person's face was very familiar to me. I couldn't pinpoint it. I thought I know this face. In fact, I said out loud, I know you, who are you? I know your face from where do I know you from? And the being just kept smiling back at me. And, uh, you know, it was it was a, a a face that I felt I'd known throughout the whole of my life and beyond. You know, previous lifetimes. You know, so of course I felt safe. This I felt like this was the guardian to my to my soul at this point. You know, wow. and uh, yeah,
1: did he anything to you that you were no th-
2: nothing was said at, at this point at all. You know, there was there was no, in fact there was no conversation throughout the whole of my ending. But what I started to receive as time went on was telepathy. I started to gain knowledge which was coming through to me. And um, in fact, you know, as I say, when I looked at this person, then he or she never answered me. But I, I got the answers as time was going on that this was, this was the keeper to my soul. This was, if you like, my higher self. Yeah, this was you know my guardian angel, as, as we as we like to use that phrase quite a lot. This was my my, my main uh, keeper. So yeah, so um, that's besides,
1: why. It, oh my goodness! Besides the, the white hair, the smile, the light. Did, did you notice any other features or any other distinctions?
2: No, I mean, oddly enough, I was expecting to see something kind of more ethereal in, in dress, but this person was just wearing a simple contemporary black t-shirt, and that was the first thing that I noticed. I thought, how odd! I thought, because I felt I was in, in, in I'd, I'd moved on to the next stage of of life, and uh, and I, I thought, that's incredible. She, he or she is just wearing a simple black t-shirt. Well, the, the the main thing that was coming from this person was this. Was this radiance that was coming from the skin and it was, it was like light that was shining from within, you know, it was, um, not like the kind of, even though this person was very much in human form, it was definitely not human. It was definitely like a, you know, I, I realized that, uh, also I, that the information I was getting was, was that, that, you know, we are all creatures of, of light on, on earth. We have light coming from within us, but on this realm, it's it's a it's a higher it's a higher level of of light and and you know and closeness to the source of the energy uh, of of the universe itself
1: wow now so there was the the one being were there any others that were there
2: yes um that happened a little later on i i i I laid back and closed my eyes for a bit and um Mm -hmm. I suddenly felt the presence um, of more people that arrived. So I lifted my head again and to and either side of me, there were two female forms. There was, um, uh, there was a female form to my right and she got her hands hovering over my body. In fact, they both did. They had their hands just slowly going over my body, almost like a form of Reiki healing. And uh, the, the girl to my, my right was very much European, white, cohesion looking, and again, in a simple brown dress with long brown hair. Uh, whereas the girl to my left was more American Indian maybe or Asian Indian or, or even Brazilian you know that and she was wearing more like a traditional dress which was like this kind of beautiful cream color with all you know this is a little, little more interesting and ornate and uh, they both smiled at me and they were just slowly putting their hands over my body and it felt like they were healing the trauma that my body had just been through from that horrific accident. But it felt more than that. It felt like they were also healing my soul. You know, they were, they were getting right underneath my skin. They were getting, they, it's almost like they were taking off the layers of, of hurt that we all have throughout our lives, you know, and we carry those with us, you know, we carry all those moments of pain from even from childhood right up until our adult years well most of us do and and I certainly did so I felt like all those moments of time were being slowly lifted away and as if to say they don't belong to you anymore and like they were digging right down to the pure essence of my soul and once they reached that point through the energy that was coming from their hands because it was unconditional love that was coming through this energy that was coming from their hands I started to feel the best I'd ever felt, you know, in my whole life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Did you notice any physical sensations or any type of, I don't know, ener- energy that you felt from them as it was happening?
2: Um, yeah. Well, I felt that, uh, as I say, that, that there was unconditional love coming from yeah. them and the energy from their hands, which is radiating this love. But, not only that, uh, you know, the telepathy that was starting to come through yeah. at that point then was that all three of these angels had been with me throughout the whole of my life, and I just hadn't known that. I just had not even acknowledged for one single moment. Uh, that, you know, I was non-spiritual before. I, you know, I didn't have time for spirituality, religion, faith, or anything. But all those angels, uh, all three of them there, had been present throughout the whole of my life, and they'd been watching over me.
1: Oh, my gosh. Gosh. And the one with the T-shirt, that was interesting Mm. Um, because you were had kind of a punker or punk rock (laughs) (laughs) life before that. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I I certainly did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, So maybe that's a look that you would resonate with. I don't yeah,
2: know I guess happened. so. Yeah, I guess if that I guess that was that was because it was a reflection of me as I say, it's my higher self. So, it's it's essentially me that was that I was looking at. That's why I recognized that that person. That's why I felt so familiar with that face because it was my higher self because we all have our higher selves that that we we don't always we're not always able to connect, but, with, but the moments that we do connect with our higher selves, that's where when we are in the moment. That's where we are in the best possible places uh, to sort of live our lives, I feel.
1: Oh my gosh. So how long did it take you to figure out that's who they were and that's what was going on? I mean, was it immediate? It's like, oh, higher self, guide, guide.
2: <laughs> yeah, no it didn't happen immediately because because you, you as I say but you've got to remember I was non-spiritual so all of this yeah. was a bit of a sort of like whole learning curve for me it was like well what is this and where am I I'd, I'd never even heard of anybody having a near-death experience for example you know uh, you know all I could figure was right I'm I'm dead, and this is what happens now. And I felt like I was being prepared for something. And I thought, well, what are they preparing me for? Um, And the knowledge was only starting to come through bit by bit because I was still in a place where my mind was constantly – because I'd lived my life before that, realising that i spent so much time worrying about the past or mistakes I'd made in the past or opportunities that I'd missed in the past, or worrying about the future, about what was going to happen next. And you know, what you know, what's going to happen to me? Because my life was just spiraling out of control. It was getting worse. I'd, I'd, I'd hit rock bottom just before this accident. So I was still pretty shaken. My soul was still pretty rattled. And so it wasn't easy for me just to suddenly adjust to this new beautiful realm and accept it. I was still kind of questioning it and going, well, what's going on? You know, what's what's going to happen next? You know, where are you sending me? So I was very much inquisitive and kind of not worried because all sense of fear and worry had dispersed for the first time in my life. And and the more and more I was being healed by their hands, the more and more I felt like the past didn't matter anymore neither did the future matter anymore and the only thing that mattered was was the present moment yeah.
1: yeah how much of that experience did you remember when you were back in your body
2: oh the the whole thing you know it's it's odd because when I did Come back. They they wheeled me straight into theatre because all this happened while I was still in the emergency department. And I came back and I was just so charged with all this energy that uh, my friend Anna was stood next to me and I said, "Anna, I've got something really important to tell you." And she said, "Not now. You can tell me later, please." Obviously, yeah, she she could see I was just about to be wheeled into theatre. I was under for eight hours under anaesthetic. And when I came through, I was in this darkened room, but this time in a hospital on my own with this little machine bleeping next to me. And all I could think about was, yes, obviously I was shaken from the trauma of the accident because who wouldn't be, you know, going under a train was massive. But in all fairness, all all I could think about really was what had happened in this experience. And I was scared I was going to forget it all. I was really scared because I thought I've got to tell How am I going to tell the world about this? How am I going to tell people? Because as I say, I figured no one had had a near-death experience like I'd had. I didn't even know at that point that it was a near-death experience. So, yeah, I was scared I was going to forget. But, of course, I never have done. I've I've never forgotten a single part of it. Because the thing about it is, uh, you know, is that it's the, the whole experience the whole realm is like ultra real it's, it's kind of it's it's as real as we're, we're sat here now chatting to each other but but it's kind of like ultra real it's just it's it's it's, it's the best phrase i can come up with yeah. so because of that ultra realness it stays with you and you, you don't really forget a single moment
1: yeah it's kind of realer than real um yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing so w- ha- what contact have you had with these angelic beings since that experience
2: well, um, the first thing I decided was, because I was, I was scared of forgetting it all, was I, I thought I'm going to do a huge painting. I'd never done anything like this, but I thought I'm gonna, I wanted to do like those big Renaissance-style paintings, you know, all those powerful biblical scenes. I wanted to paint it like that because I thought that's the best way to get it across. Yeah. So I started painting, and uh, I was being helped from the art from the start as soon as I started putting these paintings together it was like i'd sit back each day and go wow that's amazing and i knew that i was channeling uh energy through and my guides my angels were helping me to pull this together to pull it off because because it was so important it was it was important for me to convey this message and so they helped me and um yeah, yeah that's, because that's you story.
1: had never been an artist before you had never like really painted beforehand
2: no that's absolutely true yeah because I'm dyslexic so I was I was struggled when I was at school when I was at school I wasn't actually diagnosed as being dyslexic so I was just told that I was lazy and that I was uncooperative and you know and all those kind of things that I've realized now lots of people have got in touch with me since I've been doing interviews and said hey that was me I went through all that at school as well you know they told me I was a you know I was a lazy failure but it's, it's just as, schooling is terrible from that point of view because it, it moulds you you know yeah. throughout your life to feel like I felt like a failure. They, these adults were just so irresponsible. They should have looked at me and thought, oh, "Hang on a sec, maybe we could, you know, get him to go in this direction." But no. When I was at school, if you didn't get the academic qualifications, which I didn't, uh, it was like you're going straight into a factory, or you know, you, you're going straight into you're not going to get a single chance to do anything creative in your life. So I gave up on anything like. that. But um, there I was, suddenly getting a crash course in (laughs) how to paint and then write music eventually.
1: Exactly. Well, and before we move on to the music, um, doors started opening for you. You had someone donate you a studio.
2: That's right, yeah. And
1: give you a place to work. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: This, again, I also put that down to my angels and guides, made that happen. You know, they bought a lot of synchronicity started to happen in my life for the first time. Things started to, started to fall into place, as, as we say, you know. Um, and that's because I, was, I wasn't trying to sort of push open those doors. You know, before, I'd always, I was always trying to aspire to be something that wasn't me, that wasn't the true authentic me. And because of that, those doors would never open. Whereas for the first time in my life, I allowed myself to just, to, because I was healing as well from the actual accidents I got, you know, I was in no rush to go anywhere. And so it meant that my, my angels, my guides were helping me to bring people into my life, like the people, as you say, who just happened to have a, a studio space going in. They, they run a, a yoga Pilates center. And they said, look, there were friends of my sister's and they just dropped in for a cup of tea or whatever. And they said when are you going to start that painting you know I said well I can't do it here there's no light there's no room and they said right we've got a studio space going for a whole week because we're redecorating you can use it so I started there and, and by, of course by the end of that week I was nowhere near finished but they, they said look you can stay I said really and they said yeah we'll just move you around we've got plenty of studios uh, if you're happy with that and I said that's great and I stayed there for two years and they never charged me a single penny. You know, so it was amazing. Yeah, great friends now.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. Well, and as you said, you found your authentic self. I wonder if you even knew that there could be, if that was even a possibility that you had an authentic self, given what you're, where you came from, you know?
2: I don't think I did. I don't think, I don't think a lot of us do. You know, I, I think a lot of us just go through life living in in the, um, you know in the conscious mind if you like uh, or the unconscious mind sorry there you go dyslexic for here yeah. <laughs> so um, and um, no i've got it the right way around the first time but <laughs> anyway so it's it's just you know we we're, what i mean is our egoic minds yeah. tend to take over and we tend to listen to that and think I should be doing this I should be doing that I should be in this place I should be achieving this I should I should have you know, I should be married now I should have a, a a car a home you know all those things a mortgage a brilliant job a career and we, and we spend so much time concerned like that again it's schooling has done that last schooling has said that's what you've got to be that's where you've got to go in life and so I was yeah, I was in that place where I, I thought that I had to be these people and I, and I certainly wasn't achieving a lot of these benchmarks that, that everyone else seemed to be getting through in their lives. Um, yeah. But um, again, you see, this is like uh, my angels work with me still now and, I, and you know, they they have never left me well they, they were they were with me before but I wasn't letting them in before because I was so concerned with you know the egoic mind saying I've got to be this that and the other whereas now I realize that you know the way to actually communicate with our angels and I, all of us I would say that is to actually step back and um, you know allow them that space to come in you know, you just we've all got a moment it's it's like I talk about it it's like it's like being in a car when you're at the traffic lights yeah we have two choices if we're late for a meeting or whatever and and you've hit a red light we all go no no it's a red light and I'm going to be late for this meeting whereas it's pretty crazy because it's not that long until it's going to turn to green but it's if we turn around and say okay the lights hit red I'm just going to stop back. I'm going to sit back in my seat and I'm going to use these few moments until it goes to green to look around me and absorb nature, absorb the sky, the earth that I'm living on and realise I'm a part of it. And I still get to that meeting pretty much on time. It's not going to change my life. So it's a bit like that with everything. I feel that we we, we all need to try and stop and step back and allow the – the the conscious me to switch off and and allow um, our angels to come through and help us and communicate with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you hear from them regularly now. Mm. Now I want to say a few words about the symphony as well, because, you know, you were somebody who knew, I think you said three chords and played in this, you know, little punk band. That's right. Yeah. You're writing a symphony. How, yeah. How did that come about?
2: Um, Yeah, well that came about. I started having some spiritual healing. Um, I come across a spiritualist church when I was recovering. And I went in there one day and they said, You look pretty banged up (laughs) under your arm there. And they said, We did spiritual healing. So I started having those healing sessions, which is I still do. And um, it's brilliant because um that's my way of communicating to the source, uh, you know, because I'm completely switched off then. Um, When I was having those sessions, a couple of the the healers were clairvoyants and they were giving me messages and and one of them actually turned around and said um, to me, you're going to write a piece of music about your experience. I went, oh, right. So I went home. All I got was this old Spanish synthesizer and I got that out, dusted it down, plugged it in and and a cassette recorder. And I tried to write what I thought would be a song because that's all I knew from playing in punk bands, you know. But it wasn't coming. Nothing was happening. Then one day, this lovely chord progression, I say lovely because, I again, I was channeling it from somewhere else, came through, and I thought, wow, this is happening just like in the paintings. This is not me that's doing this. And it started to develop, and I thought, this should be played by an orchestra. And, again, synchronicity. Uh, one of the people who used to come in for the yoga sessions was um, a cello player in the local orchestra, and we'd become friends. And we met for coffee, and I told her what was happening and what I was doing. And uh, she said, well, maybe our orchestra could perform it, uh, laughing, you know. And so I thought, yeah, that would be great. So I went back to that keyboard and I kept developing it. Now, my brother said to me, look, I've got like an app that I can give you that you can attach to your, you know, your computer, but you'll need a new keyboard. But when you play uh, those notes in it will record it onto that app but not only that it it can transform it into um, musical notation for the orchestra to read because they need sheet music that's the only way they're going to play it you know and uh, so that's what I did I still can't read or write a single note of music this is mad because I've been I've been commissioned to write so many more uh, symphonies and stuff since and and, and so there you go so (laughs) it it, (laughs) Came to I know it's it's absolutely crazy. If I stop and think about it, it's like uh, wow, how come you know? But um, it's, um
1: I remember I the last time we chatted. There were you told me there were people who were saying, "You write a symphony? Do you know how crazy that is? Do you know how hard that is? It takes years of practice and dedication to be able to write a symphony." And you're like, "Well, I did."
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, most of them said, you know, you need a degree in in uh, in composition, you know, to be able to do this. Uh, and I, I, I said, well, I, again, I've had a, a fantastic crash course from another realm that helped me to put this together. But, you know, it's within us all. You know, this, it's like one thing I, I, I like to sort of stress that I know I had a horrific accident and I had a near-death experience, but we don't have to have all those things happen to be able to communicate with our guides and to find our true voice our true authentic selves and once you find that inner self that inner authentic voice it will come through and it will create whatever it it doesn't necessarily have to be musical or art it could be anything you know you I mean you you read about people especially since the pandemic when we're all when the whole world was, was forced to stop I felt that everybody did go into the moment for quite some time you know people were starting to appreciate nature around them for the first time people were starting to bread for their kids or teach them at home and a lot of people were suddenly realizing that they were in the wrong careers they weren't okay they were in good careers where they're earning good money but they weren't happy and you got people who are like you know financial guys you know working on wall street or whatever suddenly turning around saying i'm giving it all up and i'm going to buy a farm i'm going to move out to the you know to the sticks and and start and they realized that this was where their true calling. This was their true authentic selves that, that was, was, has been in there since they were born, since they were children. And just like me, they were nurtured. I was nurtured in a negative way at school. They were nurtured in a positive way because they had academic brains. They said, look, you should go to university. And when they go to university, they say, you should walk into this job and blah, 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 and off they go. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, that it's their true authentic um, pathway.
1: Yeah, doesn't yeah, and we don't need an an NDE. We don't need um, you know this a pandemic to find that too.
2: No, no, we don't. We
1: just, and you also wrote the book Shine On. Yes. Yeah, what's that about?
2: Well, it's it's basically it's it's about my story as much as it's it's about the NDE, the accidents, and the NDE itself. But I wanted to take you on a journey I wanted to take you on a journey of from it starts off with my life just before just like a few days leading up to it so you could see where I'm at I mean I was drinking heavily at that point in my life because nothing was going right and I was struggling to find happiness and I was struggling to find work and I was broke so all that's in the story so it's it's really it's it's a transformation it talks about you know how I started out and then Post the accident, post the NDE, and how my life also develops from there, you know, and and and, and takes you through the whole process of, sort of me writing that symphony and and the final performance of the symphony as well. So there's plenty in there, you know. It's it's I, I just I wanted to go beyond just writing about an NDE. I wanted to talk about how we can actually you know do something where we can connect with our with our inner souls our inner authentic selves and bring something out of it you know.
1: mm-hmm. there is no way you could have been brought to this point without having been dragged under a train
2: no that that's absolutely true it's it, I, I would i would still i don't know where i would have been now I, I, you know i was heading uh down a very very dark path for me anyway you know and uh so yeah, yeah I had, as I say, I had no faith then. I didn't. I didn't actually. I remember one day I did pray. I remember putting my hands together and prayed because I was so desperate. But the, 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 looking back on it, I realise now that when I prayed, I wasn't really connecting with my angels or my guides when I prayed because I was part of me was saying, "Please, please help me," but part of me was putting my hand up and not letting them in because I was saying. I know I'm not worthy i'm I'm a mess I'm a failure I'm all those things and so I, I was kind of not really allowing them in and and I feel it's really important to to allow them in you know, give you we're all loved we're all very much loved and and uh the one of the big things I learned from my nde was self-love and when you find that self-love it's easier to actually stop and and ask you know ask for that help and uh, don't be afraid to ask either because I know, you know. Uh, I know that a lot of faiths and, and, uh, and religions do make us feel like sort of a sense of. Um, I know it's good to feel humble, but sometimes we feel guilt as well and shame, and, and so it's very hard to you know we're, you know to get beyond that point of feeling like you're a sinner. We're not. We're not sinners. That's the one thing I've I learned is that we're all loved. The universe loves us and wants us to keep creating and, and moving forward. So we don't have to apologize for ourselves. You know, don't be afraid to ask. I
1: love that. I love that. Well, um, where can people find the book, the symphony, everything has having to do with your story?
2: Sure. Um, well, the starting point is to go to my website uh, to, to see everything, which is shineonthestory.com. And you can listen to the symphony for free on there. You can stream it and see some of my art. And if you want to follow me on social media only to see what how things are developing all the time, you know, you can see the links to, you know, my YouTube channel or Instagram. Please have a look. Um, the book itself, Shine On, you can get that anywhere in the world to be honest with you through amazon you know it's it's selling in v- various corners which is really delightful you know like even singapore which is brilliant i never thought i would it would be selling in singapore <laughs> cool, but we are getting lovely feedback from there you know Gosh.
1: america and you're doing australia
2: everything. canada everywhere it's great Europe.
1: awesome and you're it's doing come like, out in
2: french what? as well it's just coming out out in a french language yeah yeah so we got a uh, uh, Hachette, uh, which is one of the biggest publishers yeah. in France. Yeah. It's okay. uh, a big one. Me and said that we'd like to release it in French. So that's just come out in French language. So yeah. it all moves forward from there.
1: Oh, that's exciting. I have a bunch of Francophone friends. I'll have to let them know.
2: Oh, please do. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> know. Oh, I shall. And then, um, you do a lot of talking about your experience and the angelic realm and how we can work with, our spiritual team. I mean, you're on all kinds of different summits and things like that. Do you have anything exciting coming up?
2: Um, well, at the moment, I'm actually um, uh, getting on with, with some work at this end. Uh, I'm I'm working on, on a couple of things. I'm working on some music, uh, some new music, and I'm putting together an album which I'm I'm looking to release this year of, of my music, so that that people can buy, buy you know, or, or listen to. More works in one complete piece, wow. and um, I'm also working with um, some um, uh, script writers called the Mercury Sisters, uh, and uh, they approached me, and um, we're writing script basically which is going to be the whole story of shine on um um you know uh, eventually we're hoping to well we'll see what the universe takes us to but then we we, would like to see that released in some kind of form so you know everything i'm doing is like it feels like they're they're different like the painting was two-dimensional and then the music came in that was a new dimension then the book and and so this could take it to a new level which would i I hope would um get through people. Yeah. Sorry. Would, that,
1: would that be for film?
2: Would, yeah, either film or or like a sort Natural. of Netflix type, sort of okay, um, you gotcha. know, sort of um, two part series or whatever it may be. We we don't know until. But yeah, so that's coming together. I'm really enjoying that actually because uh, because being dyslexic, I never read books. You know, but I used to go and watch so many movies when I was younger. You know, because that was my way of reading books was to go and see movies. And I, I used, funny enough, I used to go and see lots of French and Italian and German movies, which were subtitled, and I could read those. But I couldn't read a book, and it's really strange how dyslexia works. And I'm also looking into dyslexia a lot more because I, I, I really want to. Uh, talk more about the struggles of dyslexia because I've had a lot of people get in touch with me who are dyslexic and have thanked me for talking about it so yeah we're, I'm also looking into that as well to so see if we can find ways of saying that you, you can you can use your dyslexia to um, to realize that you've got other unfound gifts you know
1: yeah you know what's interesting David is that on my other podcast the Radiate Wellness podcast I've had several people on with dyslexia and who had the same type of experience growing up. And it just makes me now I'm starting to think about, well, is there something else going on with the brain that we haven't yet discovered? I mean, reading is not probably the end-all, be-all. There mm-hmm. are many ways to have intelligence. And some of the dyslexic people I know are the most intelligent because they're the most creative. And finding other ways to communicate besides just letters in a
2: book. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to a friend of mine actually only a couple of days back, she's a writer herself. And uh, she was saying that she has a, uh, a form of dyslexia, but with um, um, awareness of, of um, surroundings, you know what I mean? Like if directions, so she, she wouldn't know where she, she was. If I dropped her off at the corner of the street, even though if she was visiting, even though she'd been walked through the town with me, she wouldn't know where to go, you know, whereas I would. I've got instant visual memory of, of, of I'll walk back down that street and I'll say, oh, yeah, there was a shop there with with a uh, yellow front, the next one had a red, and then there was a red brick building. And I remember all those things, like almost like a photographic memory. And we are both talking about that, how it's interesting that that she doesn't get that I can't read words, I can't read a book. And I think, and I don't get that she can't understand all her surroundings that she can't take them all in and, and 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 she'll she'll turn left instead of right every single time or the opposite you know so yeah so it's quite interesting how, how we're, our brains are wired we're all wired differently and uh it's, it's inter- we, we need to get to a stage where we we stopped judging ourselves you know i mean you know she i mean she was telling me how she feels judged how people turn around and say you know just you know, why can't you see that? i have just given you instructions, you know, and and, and they all think it's treat her as if it's a kind of laziness, you know? And I said, that's how I felt at school that I felt that when I was told that in my reports that I was being lazy and I wasn't, I wanted to, I wanted to learn like everybody else, you know? So yeah, we are wired so differently.
1: Wired so differently. Well, David, I know you've got a lot going on. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit and talk with me. It has been Absolutely wonderful! I love talking about angels. Anyway,
2: <laughs> me too. Me too.
1: <laughs>
2: so I was really pleased when you asked me to come and chat. I thought, oh, this looks good. Yeah, and, it, and it is, it's lovely chatting with you as well.
1: It's nice to see you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on, and I hope our paths can cross again.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much.
0: Special thank you to James Wheeler for the original music and Cassandra Harold for the voiceovers. Please subscribe and follow wherever you're listening now. And be sure to tell your friends. The more people know about this podcast, the more great story submissions we get. Submit your own real life angel encounters to angelencounterspodcast at gmail.com. Want to know what your angels and loved ones have to tell you? Schedule an appointment with Christy at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.
1: Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world?